Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. This podcast is made possible by the Promethean Project, a nonprofit wellness center creating a one stop shop for mental, physical, holistic health and wellness. For every $100 raised, the Promethean Project is able to help one person in need through different programming, such as the Ryan Odeon Leadership Initiative, the Jared Koslick Mentorship Program or the Strengthening Healthy Families program. Please visit the prometheanproject.org backslash donate to help us make a difference. Welcome back, listeners. This is Steve Opolinik, as always, and I'm bringing you Episode 7 now, seven's a lucky number of mine, and I actually got to sit down with an incredible lady uh, for episode seven. Her name is Jillian Manis. Uh, she's well known uh, for being a managing partner at Structure Capital, which is an investing firm out in California. Uh, but she may be more well known to our listeners for people who have listened to the podcast, The Pitch. She's one of the judges on The Pitch. And she's quite the amazing woman. We got to sit down for a little under an hour and really talk about her life story, um, what her philosophies are on life, on meditation, on self-care, and on happiness and uh, resilience. She's gone through ups and downs in her life. She was homeless for a period of time, and she used that negative time of her life to create something positive even while homeless and you'll hear about this in the podcast she was able to turn that around into a benefit and give back to the people that she knew were in need throughout the whole interview the theme really is about resilience and happiness that's why the name of the episode is manifesting resilience and happiness weird how that worked out um, but she has some some beautiful gems on how to stay motivated, how to move forward, and how to take the good with the bad, or the bad with the good. It was such a pleasure to talk to her, to get her point of view, and to really get to pick her brain on startups, on um, businesses, but then also on just how to give back in the state of our country at this point. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed having it, and Jillian Manis is amazing. I can't say that enough. She, throughout the podcast, you'll hear, hear me say several times that she hit the nail on the head. And if you look in the show notes, there will be a special video that we talk about in the podcast that hopefully will brighten your day. So without further ado, here's episode seven. In a world 
where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away. Our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame. So this is actually episode seven, which is my favorite number. So I feel pretty honored <laughs> to have uh, Jillian Manis on the podcast. So welcome, Jillian. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, no problem. I'm glad you said yes. It's, me it, too. It, it's really weird to hear your voice <laughs> in this context and not on the pitch. Um, but but it's I, awesome. <laughs> well, that's nice because I think, you know, one of the things we talk about is investing in people, not products, and, and getting to a better understanding of the people uh, first. And so I'm hoping that the pitch is not just a product, but it's actually, right, a more of um, a, a quilt of people and voices and feelings and histories, and that's what creates our perspective and our assessment skills. So it's all one. I'm very, um, I'm very honored to be on this show. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I think, I think that's something that comes through, especially when, when you're talking on the pitch, just the humanics uh, and the background of the companies and, and what it's like uh, to be an entrepreneur and to have a theory of how to change the world. And I think you do a really good job of digging deep into who the people are to get their story and why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We try. We try. <laughs> um, so, Jillian, can you tell us a little bit of, about your background and what you do? Yeah, um, I am managing partner of Structured Capital. We're an early stage venture fund out of the Silicon Valley, out of San Francisco. We invest in, we call ourselves architects of the zero waste economy because we invest in um, what we perceive as waste from transportation. We were an early investor in Uber um, to wasted space like Sondra or Peer Space to wasted resources like wastewater. Um, uh, but we really do see um, the biggest waste as human potential. So we invest in marketplace, skills marketplaces. Some you've heard of, maybe WAGS, which is on-demand dog walking or Quilt or um, The Muse, which is an HR tech, um, and in fact, a company called Shift, which is uh, skills translation using machine learning AI, which I actually found on my pod on the podcast called The Pitch. And so I believe that podcasts are magic, magic mm -hmm. carpet. That's <laughs> but, great. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit about us. That's really awesome. Um, I, I like that idea of zero waste. Um, I just went through, we just went through uh, a business acceler accelerator recently, which was our first venture into any of this stuff. So now right. what you just said, uh, I can actually understand now. Um, yeah. So, cool. so I think it's really important. And before that, a lot of startups in this, this realm, I had no clue about. And I, w I didn't know that there was a lot of people out there doing this work and really using business and their ideas to change the world like this. I thought it was just more of, hey, people will get together and, and take these steps or march or, or protest. Um, but it's great to see that businesses, small businesses and startups are, are actually having that background as well. Yes, 
Absolutely, absolutely. There are more more than ever. Um, the corporations and startups are mission driven, and I think that that's where we all need to be, because we're all a little bit misled by our government. Uh, so I think we need to take uh, all in hand ourselves to determine our futures. I think that's awesome, and I think that's where some really strong healing can happen. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think this country has been and the people have been both mentally um, and spiritually beaten up. Uh, there's tremendous amount of dissension more than we've ever felt, anger, resentment, fear, fear. And I think that that is um, really debilitating uh, us in, from inside out. Uh, we see it in workforces, obviously, um, but I just feel that the country is, I don't think I've ever seen the country so despondent, um, except during war. And even in war, it, there's a different type of despondency because you feel that there might be an end. There's a beginning, middle, and end with this. I, I don't know where that end is going to be. Right. I think there's this interesting juxtaposition in, in where we're at right now, where mm -hmm. everyone's so divided. But I'm hoping that it gives birth to people really advocating and being assertive and standing up for um, their beliefs and, and helping to make a change. Yeah. No, you and I both. Um, yeah, definitely you and I both. So uh, we can only just help each other. I think people need to stand along with, you know, stand with each other now more than ever. Uh, that's my biggest concern, I guess, is that we seem to be moving away from each other than towards each other, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I like to practice Buddhist philosophy and psychology, and that statement you just said is really pertinent in, in that kind of belief system where we have to turn towards uh, instead of away from each other to really yeah. do any kind yeah. of problem solving or healing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think we've all been through things in life where uh, our, our intu intuition tells us to run or hide or um, to be quiet or to duck um, uh, for self-preservation. And uh, in many cases, I think that really works first um, to sort of write, to get quiet, to... Um, look inside and then be able to prepare, prepare yourself uh, for the next step, which is to engage. But um, you, you really have to find your core strength and your stability before you can really make an impact on, on others. It's like that old airline saying you have to put your oxygen mask on first before you help other yes. people. Yes, yes. Yeah, for sure. Many, many years ago, I suffered from postpartum depression after one of my children, and um, it was really, really bad. And I got, and I couldn't really get, um, I, I, I didn't know what to do. I was, I was really coming undone. And uh, I went to a therapist, and a, a therapist I'd never been to before. Someone just said, Joy, you need to see someone. I said, okay, fine. It was in New York City. I remember, I never forget this. And, and this woman said to me, Jillian, she said, and, and my son was very young. He was only six weeks old. And she, he, she said, Jillian, 
in order to help him, you have to help you. You can't, you can't keep him safe. You can't nurture him. You can't take care of him if you can't take care of yourself and keep yourself safe. And it was a very, that was very, that was a, definitely a moment for me because I never really thought of myself that way. You know, I, you know, women tend to see ourselves as caregivers and so it's constantly out, out, out. You know, we're pouring into someone, we're pouring into someone like a pitcher pouring into someone all the time. But the fact is, is that we don't have anything pouring into us. We can't, we can't do that. We can't do that for others. So, um, so that was. Uh, and interesting, and same thing with what you're saying, right? It's the oxygen mask. We can't take care of the per- people next to us or, or anybody if, we, if we're not breathing. And I think, well, we'll first thank you for sharing that because I know that it's a very personal struggle and, and sometimes it's hard to talk about and sometimes people don't understand that, yeah. but I, I think you summed it up very eloquently. Oh, we try. <laughs> <laughs> And, we try. We only we learn from each other, right? Yeah, and I think I think what you're saying is really important um, in all aspects. I know that startups and entrepreneurial um, businesses really push, 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 and it's all about the rigor and what you can do and how you can accomplish things. And I think that's great, but I also think sometimes that leads to burnout. And I think what you're talking about is really important for that as well of really practicing some kind of self-care and, and taking care of yourself, whether it's exercising or meditation or, you know, treating yourself to a latte and taking like a 10. Yeah. Or a movie. Like I love movies. Oh my gosh. I do all the time alone. That's amazing. (laughs) I do the same, same thing. Movies are my thing. That's, that's my therapy. That is my therapy. I go to movies and I just, completely get lost in that and i i really it's almost it it's 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 yeah it's cinema therapy cinema therapy right yeah what do you have a type of movie that you prefer um i don't uh no i don't see anything scary uh because there's too much scary in the world i you know i don't see soap operas and i don't see um you know horror movies because I feel there's enough of that in my life anyway. <laughs> I don't want to go through that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I do like, I love biographies. Um, and I do love, uh, I, I love, I don't do sci-fi really, although there's some that have surprised me. Mm. I like people. I like stories about uh, metamorphosis of, of people. Right. Um, and yeah, I just, but I, I'll just go, I'll just go because that just it's the darkness mm-hmm. uh and i'll make my own popcorn beforehand and i'll it. smuggle it in <laughs> <laughs> any workers and, out there yeah. just disregard that she does yeah, not right. smuggle this, this is no i do not smuggle that in no that big bag is is full of socks and laundry <laughs> yeah uh yeah no 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 i just sit there and i just uh, I just, I love it. And I can go, sometimes I'll go at like 10 o'clock at night um, just to decompress. I just think... to decompress. A lot of, a lot of people meditate. Yeah. I, I can't meditate word beans. I have tried it so many times, it kills me. Yeah. But I swim, I run, I work out every day religiously, no matter what, an hour a day. And that's my zone. That's my meditation. Yeah, and I, I think what but, you're practicing is meditation in a different form. 
through movement. Yeah. And then also yeah. the, the thing about movies that I think get gets disregarded when we make statements like, oh, that's my therapy, is that movies are really good at changing emotional states. And you can oh, go into a movie feeling one way yeah. and then throughout the course of how the story unfolds, it can shift you from being anxious to excited to happy to content to hopeful. Uh, yeah. To hopeful. Yeah. yeah. Been, you yeah. know, you can look at, um, yeah. what's a good, I mean, there's a lot of good examples of it, but you know, there've been plenty of times I've been feeling a little bit down and I'll put on a, a comedy and it's, it's nothing really, crazy but it, it does shift that state like i'm a huge yeah huge fan my wife is gonna make fun of me but i'm a huge fan of romantic <laughs> comedies that's my jam oh yeah and oh yeah i i absolutely i love my romantic comedies yes harry met sally is one of my favorite ones uh, Please I, listen to seattle is another one i'm yeah. a huge fan of return to me i don't know if you've seen that one what, who, well, I probably have. Which one is that? Uh, it has Mini Driver in it and um, the guy from the X-Files, David Duchovny. And his, the story is his wife dies early in the film and she uh, is an organ donor and donates her heart. And Mini Driver's the one oh. who gets the heart. Oh, right. They bump into each oh. other. Through. Yeah. I have not. You should I check that one out. I it, it's definitely I, a good I one. do. I, I, I do love those. I, I do love romantic comedies. I think um, there was a great one on how to lose a guy in a certain amount of days. Yeah, in 10 days, that. right? There was, yes. I thought that was actually great. And the bridesmaids, I think what you said is also one of the reasons people listen to music, right? Because that completely right. changes their state of mind, right? So I think that's also the same thing. It, 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 it alters your endomorphins. It either creates more or... I remember years ago, I, I was very, very down, and I saw... And I'm not a depressed person. That's just not my state, like, rarely. Right. So it was very odd that I was. And I went into Moonstruck with Cher. This is right. many years ago. If you yeah. have never seen that, you it's a must. It it's is a, a must, yeah, it's must, a great must. Movie. It's a great movie. And I just... I laughed at... I, and I just, it really just reminded me of different, and, and it made me look at myself, interestingly enough. And I think that that's the part of why movies are important. It gets you out of yourself, um, and you start to assess other people. You're not all about you. Right. Right? It's not all about your problems. Right? Yep. You assess other people's circumstances, regardless of whether they're fictitious or not. I had a, in grad school, I had a professor and he had a theory, which I think holds a lot of weight. He he was really into writing and there's been a lot of research oh, yeah. done on reading stories that have multiple um, lenses that you view the stories through. Mm -hmm. Like Game of Thrones, each chapter is a new character in the books. And so you get to see the story um, expand as, through each character's vision and there's been a lot of research that that can create more empathy in someone who reads oh. those different lenses and his theory was oh. if you have to write from different character perspectives that's going to create empathy as well because you have to actually put yourself in that person's shoes to really develop the voice 
Um, and we had this whole, this whole plan to work on it, but it never came to fruition. But I still hold on to that today. I think it's really interesting. I use it in practice with some of the people at council, just writing different I, perspectives. I, you know, um, I had a friend who went through um, eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she was she a young, young woman. And one of the things that they did in her program, she got put into a, a clinic and one of the things is if your body was talking to you and wrote you a letter write 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 it from that perspective and it was really um a breakthrough for her right writing uh from her body's perspective a note to herself it's like giving a a narrative to these things we just assume are are part of us but yeah whole different way like writing from depression to to talk to you or really externalizing that symptom as not part of you, but something different as well too. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I don't, um, I really don't suffer from depression even when I was at the lowest point in my life. Mm. Uh, I, I am actually a hopeless optimist. Uh, and that's a, that's a good thing. And that's a bad thing because on one hand, I always see, you know, I always see hope in everything. Uh, but if if that hope is ill, you know, is ill laid, right? If, right? if that if it's if it's impractical, then um, then it really does set you up for failure on a constant level, right? Yeah. You're right, continuously have hope, and then those hopes are dashed. But I also think that that's that's built up tremendous amount of resilience in me because of that. Well, I would definitely, uh, I, I would definitely I, say you, you're really resilient. Yes, I am very resilient. I definitely, years ago, my friends used to call me a weeble. You said you can wobble Jillian, but you can't knock her down. <laughs> and that, that was a toy. The weeble was a toy yeah, yeah. that you, you know, it was like a little, yeah, it was like a little bean that you kept pushing down and it had a magnet, magnet from the bottom and it would just pop back up again. Like there's boxing, you know, like there's bozos, those, oh, those the, clowns, yeah, those inflatable, those blow-up toys. Yeah, yeah inflatable knockdowns, right. You knock it down, it would pop back up again. And I think that if I could instill two things in my children, it would be courage. I mean, it'd be confidence and resilience. Yeah. Those would probably be the two. Yeah. I, I think what you're saying is right on point with the, this idea of going through something very intense and being able to use it, you know, it definitely affects you, but use it almost as fuel to, to keep going and moving forward. I think there's a, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I think there's a fine line to being stuck in a mentality where you just get stuck in an emotion and you wallow there. And then the opposite side is to, to honor that emotion and that process and, and use it to move forward and ask yourself, okay, what's my responsibility to, to learn from this and to move forward and, and, and to kind of keep moving and use it as like a landing pad to move towards yeah. a goal. I think you, you hit upon something critical, which is to continue moving forward. It's very difficult for people to get themselves up and move forward sometimes when they're really down. 
um, it's okay to go to sleep for a day. You know, it's okay to disappear from people's lives and friends and family for a couple of days and just say, I need, I need complete downtime to, to heal, to gain perspective, and to feel depressed if I need to feel depressed. But my saying has always been, if you can look up, you can get up. And I do, I do believe that if you can pull yourself to look up and forward, just start walking that way. Just start moving that way. Just start doing little tiny things that would make you productive that day. It doesn't have to be big. Mm. You know, go for a walk and make it all the way around the park or all the way around the lake or all the way somewhere where you're actually completing something that day. It doesn't have to be anything enormous. It just has to have a beginning, middle, and an end so you feel like a sense of accomplishment. And you start feeling better about yourself, and it clears your head. And I also tell people to go, try to get outside. Don't ever stay inside when you are depressed or upset or, you know, you need to have a little bit of a change of venue, which is another reason why you can go to a movie. Just right. get out of your environment. Right. Where do, where do you think that, was that instilled in you from a young age, or is that something you learned along the way? I think I've, I've learned along the way. I've been in an environment in my life that I think it's been, it's better for me to, uh, I'm better in a strange environment than a familiar environment. And some people gain comfort in familiarity. I actually don't. I'm a little bit, it's like I also love clouds and I love, uh, you know, I love cloudy weather. I don't like sunny weather. Mm. I find more more comfort in that. I think sunny weather makes people feel like they have to be cheerful. And I, 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 I truly believe that I'm cheerful from inside. Right. Uh, that's the that's the cheerful I want to be. I I want it to come from inside out. I don't have to. I don't want to have to rely on people and places. To and weather to make me happy. That's, that's and I've worked amazing. a lot about that. Do you? So the cloudy, it, it just kind of it <laughs> takes away that pressure to to be joyous feel because sunny. the sun's out. Yeah, I don't want to have to feel sunny. I uh, I like clouds. I like I find it comforting and cool and yeah and not yeah. I I don't know. That's just me. That's awesome. So I like little sprinkles. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I'm like that. You know, Winnie the Pooh. Where if you, you have, you know, what was who was Eeyore or one of them? Always had a little black cloud following them. Yeah. I would have been happy with a little black cloud following me. I like it. that's that's kind of funny because one of my favorite things in the summer is when it's really hot and then the rain comes in. One, I just yeah. love the smell after rain in the oh, summer. Yeah. But two, yeah, it, yeah. It, it kind of there's a nice symmetry and balance to to the fact that all day it was hot and sunny and then the rain came in and it became mellow and it's more enjoyable yeah yeah i love rain love rain so i think it's the way you look at the world um i think there are two types of people i think there are people that depend on others and everything else to make them happy Mm -hmm. and those are people who will never ever be truly happy because 
their dependence is not on themselves. And those, then there's the others that will find happiness and work on finding happiness within themselves. And so far, so they're never, they're not let down by circumstances or other people because that's not where they derive their happiness. Right. How long do you think it took you to really grasp that or, or come to terms with that? Well, I know this sounds very prophetic, but I never had anybody try to make me happy. Mm-hmm. You know, most of my life, I, I can honestly say I don't think I ever had people who made a point of making me happy. I didn't have parents that way. Um, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have relationships that way where they went and they made me a priority and my happiness was a priority. I just never had that. So I really had to depend on myself to make myself happy. And that was a blessing and a curse, right? Because when you're growing up and you don't have parents or you don't have that nurturing, you know, it is tough. But it made me reliant on myself. And it also, what I find is is that, uh, I read a study about this, actually, where children who come from parents who are not hovering around them, who don't try to constantly make their children happy, um, they then they become more self-reliant. And it's actually a good thing. It doesn't mean that parents should not, I mean, I do everything to try to make, to, to make my children's lives joyous and productive, um, but I don't want them, my happiness to be their burden. Right. Uh, and I don't write. And I want, right, right, or their happiness to be my burden, right? I want them to be happy from inside out. And I think that's one of the reasons why there are so many sad people walking around because they're looking for happiness and you can't look for happiness because that's not, I truly believe that this world is one long, this your life is one long challenge with little sprinkles of joy, not the reverse. Right. So you have to manifest happiness rather than looking for outside sources for it. Correct. You can, you can be, you can look for fun. Right, that can create happiness, but it will create the happiness inside you. Um, It will bring it out. It won't just manifest itself. It will reveal it, but and it could heighten it, but it can't just manifest it. So I think that's a big issue, and maybe that's why meditation is good. I don't know. As I said, I'm not very good at that. But it's because it gives people an opportunity to really connect with their their self, their inner, their voice, right. you know, their sense of purpose, or just a peace. No, I think I think you really hit hit it on the head, and I'd I'd say what what you do instead of meditation works just as well for you. Oh yeah, I, and I and by the way, I actually I have so many friends who. The fund on the amazing virtues of meditation, and I know there are some. I know that for a fact there's scientific studies to support that. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't. It's almost like breastfeeding. I know that sounds odd, but I'll make a correlation. Okay. No, I, I love hearing people out on, on these kind of things. Okay. This is the correlation between meditation and breastfeeding. 
when I was had children, it was a sin if you did not breastfeed it, and you were almost judged. You were judged and looked yeah. down upon, and that you were somehow not trying hard enough, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the same in terms of meditation. I think there's a lot of people who try to get you to meditate, but if meditation is not right for you, then you shouldn't be ashamed of not being able to do it. And if you keep trying to do it, it shouldn't be then a source of frustration because you're unable to. Go find another way to create that peace for yourself. I think, again, I think you hit it right on, hit the nail on on the head with that one because... When you even when you look at meditation, it's it's not just one type of meditation. It's just like martial arts or yoga, there are many different styles, and if something has that many different styles, it it can't just be the one thing you need to do. It can be found in many different ways, and I, as it's proven by the different schools or the different styles of doing those kind of things. Yes, 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 exactly. You know, I always wanted to be a therapist. I always wanted to go in psychology. Um, but I also, also wanted to be a paramedic and a teacher and a doctor and a pediatrician. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I talk to people like yourself who are true authorities in areas, it, um, it just I, I deeply, deeply value it. Well, I think I would say the profession you've chosen allows you to help all those things out by by listening and giving back and and investing you're able to increase the awareness so so you're kind of doing all of that stuff at the same time yeah i i think we all invest into people in different ways right um and i think if you chose a profession or there is a or or you are doing something right now that doesn't invest into people i think you should volunteer I think Definitely. you should try to create as many human connections as possible in your life because that truly, by helping others, is how you help yourself. That is the number one way to nurture yourself. That is what that statistics have have, have supported that. There's data to support that. Sure, I, I mean, helping if, others helps you twofold, right? Yeah, if you look at the science behind it too, is to to really show gratitude and help others. You have to come, your nervous system has to be in a place of relaxation and calmness if you're actually showing gratitude and giving back. And so it, it's kind of a biohack if you're constantly anxious or frustrated or, or sad. Sometimes mm-hmm. just going down and giving back and, and really being mindful and present can alleviate, um, it can put you in a place of calmness and, and connection for even five yeah. to 10 minutes. And- Yes, and, and, and it takes away the loneliness. Um, there was a wonderful NPR radio show where the question was, uh, the question was, what is the singular, uh, sort of the singular attribute or singular effort that you can make in your life to create longevity? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the, and I was, of course, talking to the radio. And I was saying, sleep, nutrition, no sugar, you know, right, all yeah. these and, and so was the host, and, you know, so, were the, so was the guest. And then the host said that's actually the number one um, factor for longevity is purpose. 
That's amazing. It's perfect. Yeah. It, it, it has purpose to be able to be to feel needed uh, and productive. And so I really stress to people it's super important if you can volunteer in any small way or just I call them rats. If you can do a random act of kindness for somebody every day or once a week, um, that's everything from sitting down with an older person on a park bench and just talking to them because they look lonely or buying someone a coffee or or the other day I, I bought this man shoelaces because he was in a he was a guard, a security guard in a building that I was at and I looked at him and he only had one set of shoelaces and I said, Oh, you're missing uh you're missing some shoelaces and he said, My my children get those shoelaces before I do. And so that afternoon, I went out and I bought him six pairs of shoelaces, and I brought them back. And he was so, so happy and grateful. And that was a, what I call a rack. That's a random act of kindness. And, he, and so I tell people, and my children know this as well, we all try to do racks. We always try to just help a stranger, even if for two minutes, it can be anything. But just by doing that, it actually makes you feel better about yourself. So that's an amazing so story. So do a rock. Yeah, it, okay. and it's simple because it, it doesn't have to be anything over the top. It could just be listening to someone or, or showing someone they have your full attention, especially now nowadays with technology. I sound like an old man, but but I think that's a huge one that you can do. It's just be oh, yeah. present and say, "Hey, I'm listening to you. I'm I'm here to hear what what's going on for you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, lots to lots to digest. It's. I mean, you're so full of insight and and amazing, and you have a great story. Um, to go from from being homeless to to where you are now and and i was reading up on you a little bit before the podcast and even in, i'm not sure if it's 100 percent correct but they were saying even when you were going from shelter to shelter you saw opportunities to really zero in on on that idea of zero waste and, and make things more um, streamlined and, and supportive to people and that idea of if yeah. you can look up, you can get up is, is something you've definitely um, put forth in life, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think that uh, I listen. There are a lot of a lot of amazing people that I've met in my life. Everybody has had different challenges. They have different. It has it comes in different forms, but it's just as painful. So whether you've been unsheltered, whether you know whether you've been a homeless person, or simply lost both parents at the same time, or struggle with some disease, some infirmity, you know, some some limited physical limitation, every person's challenges, or or just depression every day, it's 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 all relative. You know, I don't think anybody's story and despair is worse than another person. I really just don't. If it's somehow crippling, then that's, that's, that's the, that's the reality. Right. 
that's the reality. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, the one thing I've never asked for and I don't like is pity. Mm. Like that, that, that forces me into a hole. <laughs> so, uh, and I know that the people, people on the street feel the same way. They don't want people's pity. They right. don't want people's pity. Yeah. And I think they want an opportunity. And I think everything you're saying, you're in good company. Um, my brother, who is one of my role models, when I was 17, he brought me to Central Park to see the Dalai Lama speak. And yeah. it was amazing. And one of the things, there are two, well, there were really three things that stand out for, for me in that situation was he swore, which I thought was amazing to see this holy leader swear in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> and yeah, and two, he's human. yeah, he's human, which kind of goes along with what we're talking about. The second thing was, you know, when we judge people, it really does a disservice to them and to us. We have no idea what that person has been through during the course of the day. So it's easy to get mad at someone for cutting you off or for... Yep spilling your coffee or whatever it is, but to hold compassion for that person really creates yeah. uh, betterness for you and, and, and for them. And then the last one he said, yeah. which I think is really apropos is what he was saying was if we can look at other people and see the value in what they do, even if we, we think we hate them, if we can see value in what they do better than us, we can, that is how to jumpstart compassion and kindness to other people. And he said, like that. for me, quoting him, for me, it's easy because I'm bald. So if I'm mad at my neighbor, I can look <laughs> at him and say, oh, he grows hair better than I do. And really just, and you have to actually honor that and not just give it lip service. But I thought it was really interesting. It completely changed my life. Um, to Something so simple which may not be easy, but something so simple we can do every day. It's amazing. So what you're saying is to find the value in someone regardless of how they act towards you or relate to you. Right, exactly. Is that correct or is that something more than that? Um, I, I believe that's how I interpreted it. Um, maybe I, I can yeah. get him on the podcast and I can ask him directly. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I met him years ago. And the one thing I always loved about that I saw about him is that he has the best sense of humor, the best sense of humor. He laughs at himself. I think that is a critical piece yeah. of survival. You have to be able to laugh, laugh at your failures. You have to be laugh, able to laugh at your shortcomings. You have to be able to laugh at your imperfectness. I mean, I do it every day. I find my, I crack myself up <laughs> because I am such a mess. I am totally, you know, there are points in the day that I'm just a complete hot mess. And I got, you have to laugh at that. You just do. I, and again, I, the listeners are getting bored of me saying you hit that nail on the head, but, <laughs> but I think it, it, it's really true. And I, I see a lot of kids in my counseling practice. And one of the first things I like to do with them is I like to show them that we can be silly. We can do 
do odd things, it's okay to laugh at yourself. And most of the time yeah. that involves me doing the worm across the waiting room hallway in front of people so they can see that, you know, <laughs> this stuff. I would love that. Yeah, it, that this stuff is, it, it's all relative to what's going on. And, and there's a lot more stuff out there that we, we need to be focused on. So, and I think that that works because oh, yeah. most of the time they come to come in the next time and they're excited. So. Yes. Oh, well. Someone has to do the worm for me. There we go. Or teach me how to do it. I would love that. I would love if someone taught me that. Oh, well, so, I'll, see, I'll see what I can do. Maybe I can make a YouTube video okay. and send it your way. Yeah. Oh, you you should totally do a YouTube video on how to do the worm. I think that would be great. I don't, I think that'd be great. It would go viral. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, I, just yeah. To be, just to be... <laughs> Just to be honest, though, I can only do it backwards. I can't do it forward. So I'll show you how to do it backwards. Hey, I can't do it at all. So backwards, <laughs> forward, sideways, all good. All good. Amazing. So, so Julian, um, I have. I usually use two questions to, to end the interview. Um, so yeah. I, I want to ask you these questions, and then I'll leave, you know, the ending open to you. Any any last things you want to to throw out to the listeners. So I'm a huge geek. I know you're not super into sci-fi, but that's my the other side of what I love doing. Um, there's a Captain America shield in my office as we speak right now. And so <laughs> one of the questions is, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? I think I'd love to be able to heal people. I think that would be my superpower. You know, you see all these frauds in life, from to put their hands on people and somehow are able to heal them. Mm -hmm. I'd love to be able to heal people mentally and physically and spiritually. Somehow, yeah. Most people are like, oh, I'd, I'd like be... to fly. I'd, I'd like to walk through walls. <laughs> You're like, oh, I want to heal everyone. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be amazing. I'd be, yeah, that'd be, yeah. Awesome. Captain Healer. <laughs> Captain Healer. <laughs> you can just call your CH for short. Yeah, there we go. I love that. I love that. Um, so the second one is kind of the flip of that question is, what do you think your superpower is? Oh, my God. I don't know if I have one, but I'll work on it. Well, I would. No. You know, I'd venture. I don't. You know, as an outsider, I'd venture to say resilience is probably a superpower that you have. It's not something easily yeah. learned, and, and it's hard to teach. It's it's something just like happiness. You can you have to manifest. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know if this is a superpower, but I really, really, really care about people. Um, I I I think that that has probably been. The, the one thing that uh, provided me the most happiness uh, that I, but on the other hand, I guess my resilience, I guess, yeah, I guess resilience and the ability to, um, I think I've been able to reinvent myself. That's my superpower. That's there we awesome. go. I can reinvent myself many different times. So I'll let nine you lives for a cat. 
I'll let, <laughs> I'll let you have three superpowers since you went the healing route for the, the other superpower question. So you can have all three of them as your superpower. Uh, okay, perfect. I'll take all three. Awesome. I don't want to be greedy, but um, I'll take all three. It's been really lovely talking to you, by the way, and I really appreciate, once again, your insight. I find it helps me, and I'm hoping whoever is listening will take one or two points. I always say, if you're listening an hour or two hours a day, it doesn't matter if you can come away with one or two what I call golden nuggets and pass that forward because in the end, that's what I tell people is that Everybody feels that the God or universe actually blesses us, and when we receive the blessing, it ends there. But in fact, it, blessings are really meant to pass through us, right. and blessings come in many different forms. They come in yes, generosity, but it's really in patience and wisdom and courage. And so everybody has to be very mindful. We all have to be mindful of what blessings that we receive, and to make really sure that we pass a few of those blessings forward, if not all of them. So today, this podcast was definitely a blessing for me. It uh, me to talk a little bit about myself in a way that perhaps I hadn't before, but it also enabled me to listen to your wisdom, um, which has helped me, and I will definitely pass some of that forward. So I thank you very much again for this invitation. It was really lovely. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at the Promethean Project.org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean Project or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at thepromethianproject.org if you really do enjoy this podcast please share with your friends please like our posts on social media and instagram and on facebook and please leave us a review on apple podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to again thank you for taking a listen and remember that the most important step is always the next one